Imagine being one of the first people to drop $150,000 on an NFT or one of the first people to put NFTs on a condom and have people travel across the country just to get their hands on. Or even better, imagine being a cultural thought leader, a true degen and a leader in a space that's so young where you dictate how the future of it grows. Well, this guy is G-Money, and he actually lives those imaginations. He went from being a full-time trader to now building one of the most innovative fashion brands in the world, 9DCC. And there's a lot more to his story. 9DCC isn't just a fashion brand. It's tech, it's luxury, and it's community where your t-shirt does way more than make you look good or even get you laid. And luckily, I got to sit down and talk to him for an hour about all the things that matter. And he did not disappoint. So hide your seed phrase and tune in. And if you like free and expensive things, then 90cc treasure hunt in New York on April 12th is something you do not want to miss. G Money is kind enough to give away his third iteration of luxury baseball caps on a first come first serve basis. So make sure you check out the link in the description and join the treasure hunt in NYC. Without any further ado, let's dive right in. Alright, what is going on, T Frasers? Welcome back to another episode. We have G Money. You've probably heard the name. If you haven't seen the face, we got the man, the myth, the legend right here. Uh live. G, what's going on? How are you today? What's up, Bo? How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to have you on. I know NFT NYC is coming up and figured we just dive right into that. You guys are working on a lot of stuff going into that. I watched a bunch of the mini vlogs. I seen branded condoms, hats, <laughs> t-shirts. So talk to me, what's going on? What have you been cooking up for uh, this big event that we have coming? Yeah, you know, um, New York is my hometown, right? That's where I, you know, I spent so much of, of my, my younger years there. And I love New York and, and really I'm like, okay, well, why don't we do something that's very New York, um, take over a bodega, um, create that bodega experience, and then have a treasure hunt where, you know, sending people to different spots throughout the city that um, I enjoy that, you know, are some spots that I spent a lot of time uh, going to. Uh, still, you know, sometimes when I come back, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll tell you one right now is Joe's Pizza, right? Where it's like, it's one of like the first places I'll go and get a slice of pizza, like literally as soon yeah. as I land and as, as soon as I get to the city, Almost doesn't really matter what time of the day, like I'll go and at least get a slice and, you know, just like kind of help uh, people, that, especially people that are visiting from out of town, see a little bit of New York um, that they might not see otherwise. I love that. I'm pretty excited, honestly, for myself as well. Joe's Pizza was already on the list. So now that there's a treasure hunt stop there as well, like it makes it even prettier yeah. uh, to make sure we stop there. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, obviously, who you are, a little bit of background. I know you obviously start off as a big NFT collector, nobody knew who you were. Then you kind of came out of nowhere and you're like, hey guys, I'm gonna go ahead and dox and kind of really put the face and the brand on the name that you guys all love and know. So talk me through, I guess, that process of like coming into Web3 and how has that changed uh, to what it is now? Yeah, so I got into, I, I've been in crypto since 2017. I got into NFTs in uh, like September, 2020 around there and i really started going down the rabbit hole i ended up buying my crypto punk um in early 2021 in january of 2021 and i wrote this twitter thread on it of why i bought it and especially at the time i uh i think i was seeing the world a little bit differently than a lot of people 
uh, and that's how uh, I ended up making a name for myself in the sense that I remember when I started that account, I had like 50 followers or something like when I wrote that Twitter, uh, Twitter thread. And I was like, if I get to 10,000 by the end of the year, I'll consider this a massive success. And, uh, I got to 10,000, like probably in like 30, 45 days. So it was, it was, it happened way faster. And the, the, the growth was, was way bigger than I originally thought. And, uh, you know, I ended up partnering with Adidas on their into the metaverse collab along with board apes and uh, pixel vault. And, you know, we did that. And, you know, it was at that point that I was like, I, I remember when I first came into the space, I originally wanted to start a metaverse fashion company because I was mm-hmm. playing Fortnite during at the beginning of quarantine. And I realized how much you know, kids were spending on what they look like. And I was like, well, that's the future of fashion is going to be digital. And I really wanted to build something like that. And I just figured, in 2020, it was just too early. I just didn't think enough people were hanging out in in metaverses that they'd want to buy clothes for the metaverse. So, you know, I said, I'm, I'm going to collect. I'm going to make, make a name for myself as a collector and a curator and a tastemaker. And when the time comes, I'm, I'm going to start building what, what I want to do and what I want to see. And, you know, it was after the Adidas drop. I was like, all right, well, here we have all this tech. Um, I see a couple of really cool novel use cases for it that I don't see a lot of people doing. Uh, so fuck it. I'm just going to go out there and build what I want to see. And that's really what led to 90CC. That's what led to Admit One, uh, which also led into 90CC. And I've been working really di- diligently on 90CC since then. Yeah, I'm excited to dive deeper into that. But before you kind of skip, I feel like a big part. You're like, hey, I started off investing. I wrote a Twitter thread. I went viral. Then I'm working with Adidas, right? So I'm sure there's a lot that happened there. Um, If you were to like pick and choose, I guess, specific milestones or events that happened that really helped accelerate that journey for you in Web3, what would you like kind of pinpoint them as? Of what accelerated the journey in terms of what? Like just growing because you started off as just investing pretty much, right? You really liked Web3, you started buying NFTs and then you're going viral now, you're writing and sharing a lot of your opinions and then you're working with Adidas. So what happened, would you say like between, you know, these events or throughout that time period that you were really like, okay, this is really getting me more interesting. Now I'm starting to get more recognition. Like what were the main factors there? Uh, I think I just had a very different point of view uh, than most people at the time and I mean, you have to remember when, when I bought my, my ape, I spent $150,000 on it. And that was the most amount of money that people, that somebody had spent on a crypto punk. And if you go back and you look at the replies to that original Twitter thread, people were like, right, click, save. You're an idiot. I can't believe you did this right today. It's, you know, if somebody spends $150,000 on an FT, nobody bats an eye. They're like, ah, yeah, whatever. Right. Because there's so many big six figure and seven figure sales now. But at that time, that was a monster sale. And I think that um, that really started to open up people's eyes as to like, whoa, like these aren't just worthless JPEGs anymore. There might be something here. And I think I was able to describe it in a way that started making sense to a lot of people where before that they were just like, oh, yeah, NFTs are dumb. I don't get it to being like, oh, okay, maybe I don't. I don't see the value, but I might understand why you might see the value. And that I think is the first step, right? Of being like, okay, like not everybody is going to, you know, think buying a Lamborghini is worth it or buying whatever brand is worth it. But they, they have to first understand why somebody might find it valuable. And that's really, I think one of the key things that I did was I was able to kind of mention it in layman's terms. And I was, I was able to make it very relatable to a lot of people. 
and I was just seeing the space differently, right? Like, I just think that um, I, I was following a ton of crypto Twitter accounts at the time. And these are people very prolific in crypto and understanding of the tech, but they didn't understand the cultural side of things. And I think I understood both of them and I was able to marry them together. And I think that that's, that's why I think it, my account and my work resonated with a lot of people. Yeah, I can definitely re resonate to kind of how you described it as well. Because for me, it's like when I first came across NFTs, I think one of the first sites was NBA Top Shot. And then I remember seeing like Artifact sells out shoes for like seven or $3 million on CNBC. I was watching Squawk in the Box and it just kind of shows up right there. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, I don't have to know why people are buying it. But if people are buying it and there's that much money involved, then why wouldn't I get involved and try to sell these things as well? Especially coming from like a streetwear and fashion culture as well, right? Like being able to flip shoes uh, growing up. So it made all the that, sense to me. Did you do that a lot growing up? Yeah. So when I came back from uh, Syria to America, my sophomore year, about, uh, my sophomore year in high school here, the first thing that came to mind, I seen people like just lining up for Jordans pretty much at Foot Locker and other stores. And I'm like, okay, I need to start my own business. I need to start making some money. So let me just go ahead and start standing in line. And yeah, I used to literally camp out back in like Concepts or Bodega, if you're familiar with the Boston area. I mean, you're in New York, so Concepts is big down there. But yeah, yeah, literally the first probably big thing I invested in was a, a tent and a chair to be able to sit outside these stores and really just start getting shoes. And from there, I just kind of started, I guess, some of the entrepreneurial journey yeah. out here. Well, that it's funny because I, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday and they're like, you know, did you uh, flip sneakers when you were younger? I'm like... Dude, the sneaker game didn't exist when I was in high school. If it existed when I was in high school, I without a doubt would have been standing in line and flipping sneakers. Are you kidding me? Like a 15, 16 year old kid able to make a couple hundred bucks for standing in line? Like, of course I would do that, right? Uh, and figure out how to make a business out of it. So uh, I, I respect the hustle for sure. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, walk me through, I guess, because you're kind of already creating some type of aftermarket effect with 9DCC specifically, right? So walk me through how you're kind of structuring that. Tell me more about how 9DCC came to life and then obviously some of the vision uh, for it. Yeah, so, you know, it, like I said, after the Adidas drop, um, there there was, I felt like a void in the market that I was, I, I, I just figured nobody was solving, so I might as well do it. Uh, one was, uh, there wasn't an aesthetic that I would want to wear, right? So. Uh, I felt like a lot of the aesthetic, cool, you know, different demographics, but I'm known as G Money, the crypto punk ape on the internet. That doesn't necessarily mean I want to walk around with a big picture of my crypto punk on my chest, right? It's like, how can I signal to the real world that I'm a crypto native without it being so in your face and with also creating a high quality product, right? Because I think there exists this void where there's people uh, or you can, you can walk into any luxury goods store in the world. And you can you can buy what you want, right? But when you wear that out, it doesn't, you know, if I wear a Dior shirt, it doesn't necessarily tell people I'm in crypto, right? But it's like, if I'm buying like a crypto, whether it's NFT merch or crypto merch or whatever it is, it's generally not the same quality that it is that you get from that luxury brand. So one is like, I wanted to marry those two. It's like how, like, I like wearing nice things. I want to wear something nice that can also signal that I'm in crypto. So it was like, one, that's just something that I wanted. And I figured hopefully other people would want it well. Two is when you spend any amount of money on anything, whether it's a pair of sneakers, watches, handbags, whatever, I want to know how many of them exist. Is it a hundred or a hundred thousand, right? Because I think that affects the aftermarket value. And then two, three, and this is where I 
I've been having the most fun with this is once you get the product out in the wild, how do you then start to gamify that entire experience and really build the community in the real world that people are doing online every day, right? Like, you know, people are in Twitter spaces, are in Discord, on Twitter, all day chatting. But how do we form these connections and these bonds IRL? And that's, those are the things that like I've, I've been having a lot of fun with. Like, for instance, last weekend, uh, anybody that, you know, and we, this is the first time we did it. Like, we didn't give anybody any announcement. And basically for a 12-hour window, anybody that had a physical shirt, because we've, we've had two shirt drops so far, mm-hmm. was able to scan that shirt and play a word guess game, which is basically yeah. portal. Right. And the only way you can participate is if you own that shirt, if you own a shirt. Right. And so like there were people in the discord like, oh, my God, I have mine vaulted. So like I can't access it. Is there a way you can play it? I'm like, nope. I'm like, you know, and like people are like, oh, it's only a 12 hour window. Like, can you extend it to 24? It's like, nope. I'm like that window is only going to get smaller over time. You know, to ultimately I want to get to like a 30 minute, 15 minute window where it's like, oh, like you know, people are like, oh, I have to have my, my, my drip on me in order to play this game. Cause I think, I think that's fun because I think when you think about, when you think about, I think the next, the next, um, evolution of community and luxury and, you know, what it means is like, I think right now it's very experiential, right? Like, it's like, what does it mean? And so then how do we start taking that to the next level of creating an engaging an engaging experience that you will want to be a part of and not where it's like, oh yeah, that was cool. And it lasted like 10 seconds. It's like, you know, how do you create this, this rabid fan base of people that really, really want to engage and want to participate. And I think that that's, that's one of the things that I find the most exciting about what we're doing at, at 90CC. Yeah, that honestly, I, I was looking at your Twitter as well. And like 90cc and I seen that and I'm like, wow, that's pretty dope. I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. That specifically wanted me to buy the t shirt, right? Because I'm like, okay, this is fun. Then on the other hand, I go to the website and I'm like, okay, this is a luxury t shirt, right? It costs about half an ETH to pretty much purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny enough, though, I was reading or I was watching a podcast by uh, this guy named Reese Barbara. He owns a, 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 fashion, a fashion brand called Manier de Bar. I'm not sure if you heard of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the reason why I mention it is because he mentioned they they are really big into women's fashion. Then they started men's fashion, but they started off at a very cheap price. But a lot of men wouldn't buy it because men like to buy expensive things, right? Mm-hmm. And they said the simple thing they did to change their whole business model and pretty much double their like multi million dollar revenue was they just increased the prices of all men's clothing and the price just went bonkers, <laughs> literally. And people just started grabbing them off the shelf. So I say that to say, I'm like, okay, this is expensive. So one, it's exclusive, right? Not everybody can get it, but it also has tech inside of it. So now that makes me want to purchase it. But for people who don't understand how cool the idea of obviously mixing like luxury with Web3, what would you say is like more future stuff that they can look forward to? Let's say if they're not interested in the specific game vacation aspect for their clothing, at least. I mean, I I think one is, I think if you're a crypto native, right? And like, it's like, how do you, like when, Mo, like when you go out, right? Like how will you show to people that you're in Web3? I can't, unless I pull up my phone and be one yeah. of those memes like, hey, I have a crypto it's, right? it's like, look at look at my wallet, right? And so, yeah. you know, the, and that's to me, like when, when I go back and look at like, why did I buy my CryptoPunk when I did is because it sends a signal, right? Because it is, you know, borderline cringe, right? Because that's what we see in the, in the memes where it's like, yeah. if I'm like, if I were to come up to you at a dinner party and be like, hey, uh, look at, look at everything I own or like, look at my bank account. 
you'd be like, bro, like you're weird. Like what the fuck? But if I walk up to you and I have a nice watch on, right? That kind of, that says the same thing yeah. without me having to say a word. You're like, oh shit, he's got a nice watch. Like if you can spend that much on a watch, like how much money do you have? How much disposable income you have? And I think the same thing, um, the same thing happens across everything, right? Like why do you buy a Lamborghini instead of a Honda? They both mm-hmm. get you to a location faster than walking, right? Um, now th- there's arguments in terms of craftsmanship and all that, but technically from a utility perspective, right? They both are cars. And so yeah. I think um, when, when I think about um, the space and you know what I want to accomplish with it, I think one is how can you find, how can we find each other out in the wild a little bit faster? And then how can we then also kind of gamify that experience? And I think the people that are really pushing uh, the boundaries in terms of tech and in terms of what this tech means for you know the future of the planet uh in terms of like what it looks like in the future um it's starting now and i think the people that are most interested in it are are in the space right now I, I you know anybody that's listening to this podcast right now is probably an early adopter you know what yeah. i mean like you're an early adopter so you know the things that we're doing right now are the things that are going to be shaping probably behaviors over the next 10 to 20 years yeah, I love that. Do you ever see the t-shirt serving as some type of pass to get you access to exclusive like G money partnerships and places and, you know, community IRL events like that? So, I mean, it, it's really funny. So one of the things that I haven't done a really good job of communicating, but for instance, um, next week we're going to be at NFT NYC. I, I'm an early investor in token proof. And one of the the things I spoke to them about before I made the investment was I, I would like it so that uh, if a garment, so let's say what I would like to get to eventually is if you if you have, let's say you're going to, what, what's your PFP? What's your favorite PFP? Pudgy penguins right now. Okay. So let's say you're going to a pudgy party, right? Um, if you have your pudgy in the same wallet as let's say this hat, that you can use this hat as your entry. You can have them scan mm. the hat and you can get in because it says that it's in the same wallet as the pudgy. The tech is not there yet. They have to build that out. But um, what you can do right now is if it's a token proof party, you can go in, you can you can get in with the token proof. And then within 10 minutes of getting in, you can scan the NFC chip on your hat. And then you'll get credit for wearing the hat at the party. Right? Wow. So because, and then that, that goes back to us. And then you will get network points within the 90cc community for wearing the hat at the party, right? Because ultimately, right? Like I want brand ambassadors. I want people that will be going to like cool parties that will be having a good time that will be repping the brand, right? And so now if all of a sudden I can incentivize you to wear it to uh, like your favorite places and your favorite parties, then guess what? Maybe at the end of the year, you get invited to like a special dinner with me or, you know, like have some sort of experiences that maybe money can't buy or, you know, um, access to a limited edition drop, like all these things that I think start to become uh, super compelling and valuable over time. But it's really, we're just laying the groundwork for that now. My brain just went, wow. I'm like, dude, that's crazy. Is there anybody else doing something like this? Or the idea just kind of came to you and you're like, hey, this is I like think, where I want this to end up. Well, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's people that are, I'm sure thinking about this. Um, I, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fast follows, but you know, I, I literally am like, well, I want to do this. The tech exists. Let's fucking do it. Right. And let's see what happens. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, if I think if other people follow, it's great validation in terms of, it means that I was, I was going down the right path. 
that other people are like, oh, that's a really good idea. I want to do the same thing. Um, and it, if it doesn't work, then that means we just maybe we need to tweak something else and like, you know, maybe like tweak one little thing. And then that's where you find like the right formula. But, you know, I know we're doing a lot of things, which sometimes makes it a little difficult on the messaging side of like, dude, like what the fuck? Like you have to you have to talk about all these different points, but I want to get it out there. And I just like I'm hoping like even like you, like I'm hoping that like you come, you pick up a hat next week and then you were like, well, fuck this. Like, I really enjoy being part of this community. You can, you know, just by owning the hat and you bring the hat, you scan the hat into your wallet, then you can hop in the Discord and you can start hanging out with other people in the community, right? And it's like, I, I think that what we're, what I'm trying to build is something that's ultimately bigger that I, I, I don't really like the tribalism that's happening in crypto where, you know, depending on your PFP, like you hate certain PFPs and you, you hate, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't like that. It's like, listen, we're all fighting the good fight together. We should all be one brand under crypto. And that's what I'm hoping 90CC could become. Do you find it hard of the idea of mixing clothing and Web3? And do you feel like it's any type of block in terms of being able to expand to like the Web2 audience at all? No, I think that, um, I think if anything, by by doing fashion and clothing, it makes it easier for people to understand it, right? Because mm. conceptually, you understand clothes, right? Like, yep. and you understand that you're not going to buy one t-shirt for the rest of your life, right? And that it's going to get worn again. So I, I find, I, I think a lot of PFP projects are in an interesting spot where how do you, you they have to figure out how do you expand the user base and make it so that more people can join without necessarily diluting the original uh, collection, right? And I think that's hard, right? Because, um, you know, if if Pudgies were to increase supply by 40,000 uh, assets tomorrow, the price of Pudgies maybe goes down, right? Because yeah. like incremental demand will, will go out further in, in different collections. So I think that, you know, you have to be very careful about what you're going to do. And I think as a clothing brand, you're like, all right, well, you know, I'm not only going to make a thousand hats, right? Like that would be crazy to think that a yeah. brand would only make a thousand hats. It's like, all right, well, maybe he only makes 800 of this color, right? Or maybe he makes 800 every year of this color, right? And it's like, and I think there's different ways you can play with it and people understand that, right? For the same reason that, um, you know, from, from all these different fashion brands, like let's say the Supreme, the original box logo, right? Yeah. Like Supreme puts out logo tees, every fucking week right but only certain ones of them like really matter in terms of like a, the collectability standpoint but still there'll be ones where i'm like i walk into the supreme store and i'm like oh i like that design i'm gonna buy that right and it doesn't i don't buy it just because i think it's gonna go up in value right there's gonna be certain pieces that i think you buy because it goes up in value and then other pieces that you like because it's like oh i i just like the aesthetic design of it right so i think that makes it a little more uh, comprehensible, uh, understandable to people outside of the space. And it helps them wrap their heads of around of like, oh, it's just NFTs are not just pictures of animals on the internet. It's like, it, it's way bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think people are starting to get to a point now where they're understanding that, hey, it's not just that, like, what else can this NFT do? One thing I, I seen you uh, mention actually on the uh, Building in Public series was like, hey, I want to make a t-shirt that essentially maybe at one point you can lock up some ETH so you don't become one of those memes like, bro, I sold too early. Is that coming anytime soon? Can we get at some alpha here, a teaser? Yeah. When do you think you can implement um, that? 
I, I would like to do it before the end of the year. That'd be dope. I'm sure a lot of people probably mentioned that, right? Did a lot of people as well catch that? And you're like, yo, I need to buy some 90 CCTs now. So, you know, it, it's funny because uh, Peter sent that over to me before they went live with it. And I was like, fuck, man. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't want to share that. I'm like, but yeah, whatever. Let's just share it. Uh, because I wanted to to surprise people with it. But I, I mean, listen, I, I think there's a lot of cool and interesting things you can do with the tech. And I like I I've already thought of like two or three iterations on on what I said about the locking Ethan Assure that I think can make it even more compelling and more fun of a game. So, you know, I I that's why I was kind of like, all right, like let it let it float out there. Let's see what what people what people's reaction is. But it's like I do think that that's like that's it that's a fun and cool way to use the tech. That's like never been done before. Like when's when have you ever been able to buy a t-shirt and like be and like hold like have like a forced investment right like i think that's pretty cool and it's like maybe other people think it's cool and you know what does that lead to in the future so um i i i'm always thinking of like cool and, and crazy things like we'll always like um we'll have a call every few weeks of like what is the craziest thing that you can think of and then like let's try to think of how we can do it has there any been like anything that comes up that's like way too crazy and you're like ah we're gonna need a few years to get there um, I mean, not really, like, I guess like there, there are certain things where it's like, all right, the tech is not there just yet, but like, I mean, it could be a few years. It all, could also be a few months, right? With the advent of AI now, like, I mean, I, I'm sure within three months, we're all going to be able to create our own like iPhone apps within like a yeah. day, right? Yeah. That'd be crazy. Are you, are you using AI by any chance to like anything? I, I am. I, I, I use Midjourney a lot on mood boards. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the mood board that we, we started off with for the pop-up we did at our Basel uh, was all like, I was just fucking around on, on Midjourney and I was like, nice. okay, like this is what I want it to look like. And that's where we started everything. ChatGBT I've been fucking around with as well with like data and stuff. So, I mean, it's been really cool. I've been like doing like some generative art stuff uh, with ChatGBT and just trying to understand how to how to make generative art is it's been it's been fun uh you know i i wish i had more time to fuck around with it but i mean i i think ai anybody that's not embracing ai is going to get left in the dust and you have to try your hardest to to integrate it into whatever it is that you're doing yeah absolutely let me ask you this if you were to pick ai or crypto and which one of them is going to have a bigger impact on the world and like more utility i guess which one would you say it would be I think they go hand in hand. I think that in a world where you can create anything on demand uh, in a matter of seconds, you're going to need some sort of provenance, right? Of saying like, if you and I put in like the same prompt at the same time, like technically who made it first? Probably the, for the person that like recorded it to a decentralized ledger first. So I do think they'll probably end up going like, I mean, I'll use the example of, um, I think in the last two, three weeks, there have been headlines that I've seen on Twitter or photos like, you know, the Pope in dripped out Montclair, <laughs> Trump getting arrested. And there have been like a couple others where, I mean, those were like, those were fakes, but there were a couple others that like, I'm like, is this a real headline or a fake headline? And I had to go to Google to, to like fact check whether it was real. So we're going to be living in a world where like this video at some point, 
you're probably going to have to sign with your wallet, right? With an ID of some sort that this video is real. And I'll probably have to sign as well to prove that it really was me and not talking to some AI version of me, which is pretty crazy. But I think that that, cause like, that's the only real way, like, how can you verify that it was me outside of me signing it? Right. And outside of you signing. it, And I think, that's, so I think you're going to go hand in hand for that. Yeah. That's actually pretty crazy to think about. Like the idea of like, Hey, unless it came from my wallet with my like verified domain that is public and accessible to everybody, then it's probably not me. It's like, this is going to get really tricky online. Right. Because yeah. Cause like, I mean, we're probably 12 months away from either one of us being able, like definitely, definitely 12 months, maybe even six months away from one of us being able to fake this entire video. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, people just, are already doing it like with voice. Like, did you see the Kanye West, for example, yeah, sample like that's, or that's crazy. And then I think you get into, you know, copyright stuff. And, and, you know, I, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts where people are talking about AI and, you know, they're like, well, you know, if you take like 20% of like Picasso and 10% of Rembrandt, then like you have to like pay that. It's like, but I mean, when you talk to any artist, like now they're, they'll talk about who their major influences are. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then you're telling me, but we don't pay the estates of, of those artists already. So like, why is it that we're going to have to pay for it? AI? I think it's gonna be really interesting. I don't know what the right or wrong answer is because I think there's a lot of, um, I guess, morality and ethics that come into play here. But at the end of the day, the one thing I do know is that you cannot fight against technology. And, you know, I, I, to your point about the Kanye West stuff, I was like, dude, like, I would love to hear some of my favorite songs covered by some of my favorite artists that are not the people that sang it. Like, I think that would be really fucking cool. But then who gets paid on it? Does anybody get paid on it? I don't know. Right. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like it's hard sometimes for you as a founder and a creator in this space to keep up with all this new tech? And like, are you forced like, ah, I got to try to use AI or, oh, I got to try to implement this into like what I'm doing to kind of stay uh, ahead of the curve? I don't say I'm for, I'm naturally inquisitive, which is why I think I ended up in crypto when I ended up in crypto. Like the first time I saw crypto, first time I saw Bitcoin, it was 27 bucks. And I spent wow. six hours trying to figure out how to buy it. And I couldn't figure out how to buy it. And then I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll buy it like next week. And then like it ran up to a thousand bucks and, you know, and, and then like I, I stayed, it, it went up to a thousand then it pulled back to 200. I'm like, ah, whatever. Like that was the bubble. And then when it got back above a thousand, it really caught my eye. Cause I'm like in, you know, I'm, I, I have, um, I was trading. I was, I, I was a full-time trader for 15 years. So as a student of market history and market dynamics, when you get a blow off top, like that's not very, that's not a very interesting, compelling chart to look at. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, somebody not latched onto a narrative. A lot of other people latched onto that narrative. It obviously wasn't sustainable. Now, when you get that blow off top and then things come back and then they rebase and then you get back to that same price action, that to me is really compelling because then that means what there has to be a bigger story here uh, that why, why else is the price coming back up here? There, there has to be a reason. And that's when I'll really dig deep. So I think, you know, when I see all these tools, like I'm, I'm a little overwhelmed because new stuff comes out every day, but I'm also really excited. I'm like, dude, like I, like I want to 10 X my productivity and do it with like really cool cutting edge tech. And I, I, I even told my business partner that I used to trade with, you know, when, when the first time I used chat GPT, I was like, dude, you know, cause I was trying to automate my trading for a few years. I was like, dude, if this thing existed six, seven years ago, 
Like I, I would have, I would have created trading algorithms that I would have just hit go and I would have been monitoring them. But like, you know, because of the nature of obviously programming, it's really expensive to do on my own. I'm like, this is really going to change the world. So I'm excited to use the tech. I'm never overwhelmed by it. And I, I don't feel forced or compelled to, to have to use it. I know that I'm curious enough that I'm going to want to use it and like try to figure out how to implement it as much as I possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the way I kind of like stick with crypto and kind of like to explain it to a lot of people who like don't understand why or even for NFTs, it's like think of a, a brand new restaurant that opened right down the street. The first day they open, they'll probably have, let's say, a grand opening, right? They have 100 people. But if you go the following week and there's no grand openings, you know, event and there's still 100 people there, then you should know that something good is cooking in that. Right, you know, right, in yeah. that restaurant. And that's yeah. kind of how you should treat, you know, like crypto. It's like, hey, sure, it hit 60K once, but if it gets back there again and then again and again, then you should know something is happening there and you need to get a part of it or at least get a taste of what's right. going on. Um, what would you say, I guess, actually, before that question, Doge Pound is the new face of Twitter, obviously, oh. with Elon. It's become a big troll for the Web3 community. Believe it or not, I told my parents literally this morning about it and my dad had no clue. So how do you think that affects obviously what's going on, at least for us in the crypto world? And like, what what could it mean for those? Um, I, I To be perfectly honest, your guess is as good as mine. I think ultimately, I mean, I don't know what you think on this, but I think Elon buying Twitter uh, puts Twitter as probably the platform that I want to bet on over the next decade in terms of where I want to build my following and content and uh, my engagement, right? Because, you know, like, listen, I, I've spent a lot of time uh, building up my Instagram following, but Instagram is pay to play, man. Like Facebook yeah. is very pay to play where your, your account's not growing unless you're spending on advertising, which is yep. really fucked up. But, you know, I, I think Twitter, because it's it was so poorly run for such a long time, uh, I think the fact that you bring Elon on, the fact that he is starting with Doge, to me, that's like bullish crypto. It's like, how cool would it be if like I could tip you like to if I could send you tokens on Twitter, right? Like that'd be really fucking cool and seamless, right? And we could transact on Twitter directly with DMs or whatever have you or whatever he has planned. And then you look at like, I mean, I don't know if you remember Periscope and Vine, like those were owned by Twitter, like. 10 plus yep. years ago, like those were twi like Twitter was one of the, the first platforms to come out with video. And I don't know why, you know, they really they decided to just like ax it when, you know, they, they had the tech really early on. So I think the fact that Elon's on, he's probably it's kind of one of those things where it's like you got to write the ship, right? Where it's like there's so much shit in there that I'm sure he's just cleaning house. And then once he cleans house and he has a strong base to build from, I think he'll be able to build some really cool, innovative shit. He's obviously uh, become one of the richest men on the planet because he thinks outside of the box. And yep. I mean, he's founded and, and been able to to lead a lot of people to build a lot of cool shit. So I'm bullish on on Elon uh, personally, because I, I do think that he's probably one of the best outside of the box thinkers. So the fact that he he made the logo, uh, the Doge, the Doge, uh, uh, the Doge, uh, Dog, the dog. <laughs> dog's dog, um, a couple of days ago, I think is is probably um, bullish on crypto long term. Yeah, I think my only fear for me is like he trolls it so much that it just becomes a joke, right? It's like imagine just poking at crypto, for example, for so long and like NFT for so long that people are like, ah, it's just him trolling again, right? It's like but I don't know, I what like 
what's what's the reason for him to troll? Like, like I I don't really see like I I get it maybe like every once in a while, but like to like just change the the profile page. I I don't know. I maybe we're thinking too much into it. Like in my head is like I'm like cool. If something happens, great. If nothing happens, also great. I just think ultimately. Uh, I mean, are are you familiar with? Uh, I think it was called X, right? Was it X? X dot com was his original domain. So, are you familiar with it? No, I'm not. So I'm not. Before he joined PayPal, I think he was trying to create this company called X.com, uh, something like that, where he wanted it to be the equivalent of what um, I think Weibo is in China, right? Where yeah. it's like you chat, you shop, you can send payments, you can do all this shit on this one platform. And then uh, started, part of that concept was what PayPal was doing. So he went over and, and, and joined the PayPal team and obviously had a great exit with... Um, with what's his face um jack dorsey no um no that's square actually um oh my god i'm drawing a blank on uh, but um anyway but they had a great exit there right and so i think ultimately he's probably still had this same idea in in the back of his head this whole time and now he's like all right well now i can he probably sees a path he probably has some sort of crazy roadmap in his head of like what he wants to see and what he thinks that this could become so I'm interested to to go along for that ride, considering you know all the all the other success that he's had in the past twenty years. Thirty. Yeah, years. I agree. I think it's interesting enough as well, and like maybe even overlooked that both like Elon and Jack Dorsey, which was like the previous CEO, both come from like payment processing backgrounds, right? Between Square and PayPal. So you know, in some shape, way, or form, I'm guessing they would want to integrate obviously that payment infrastructure into the app. It's just a, a matter of figuring out how. Right. So if it is going to be Doge Pound, then screw it. <laughs> Why not? Right. Uh, who's going to complain about it? Um, cool. Next topic, I guess, here, a question here. Any big challenges that have like kind of phased you inside Web3 or like NFTs in general that you're like, ah, this is too much. Maybe I should kind of back off and go back to what I was doing before. Um, I mean, I will say there are some days when I wake up, I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? Right. Because like, <laughs> Uh, communities are very demanding. Um, and I think a lot of times it's, it's always interesting because people are like, they think that they can do your job better than you. Um, when it, it's funny because people comment and give an opinion on something when they don't have all the facts. Right. Yeah. And so, and I think you see this in a lot of communities where people are like, oh, well, if I was part of the team, this is what I would do. It's like, well, the reason why we can't do that is because A, B, C, and D. Right. Like it's not something it's not because we don't want to do it. It's not because we haven't thought of it. These are all things we've thought about. But we also have to think of like X, Y and Z in terms of consequences. Right. And so I think sometimes uh, sometimes it can get frustrating uh, when people think that, you know, they can do better than you and that like you're an idiot or whatever, uh, because it's like, listen, at the end of the day, I think we're all human. We're all trying as as best as we can. And. I can definitely sympathize with founders that get trolled a ton. Like I don't get trolled that much, but I can sympathize with founders that get trolled a ton that like, you know, just snap and just start like saying shit back. Cause it's like, dude, like, I don't think I could deal with like people calling me an idiot, telling me what, what they would do if they were me um, because of blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, listen, like if you think you could do it better, go out and do it. Right. Like, please be my guest. Right. And so I think that's probably the most frustrating thing sometimes, but I think overall it's really fulfilling. Um, you know, I, I really like the fact that, you know, you know, I, after that, after we get on this call, I'm, I'm getting on a call with somebody else who said that they were inspired by something I did two years ago. 
and they, like they launched a pro they're launching a protocol i think they launched one recently or launching one soon uh based on like something that i did based on my my scavenger hunt that i did mm. bitcoin uh miami in 2021 and i'm like that's really fucking cool like i like hearing that story where it's like and that was just me fucking around and being like all right well let me see if this works maybe people like it maybe people don't uh and and that inspired him to build something off of that idea which to me it's like there's no amount of money that like doesn't make me feel good right or even um or even like you know helping an artist get into the space or you know just like these things that it's like oh like it's more than just monetary at that point right like the money's good it's a, it's a way i think to keep track and to keep score but ultimately there's these there's these things that uh experiences that i've had in the space that really one put things in perspective of like somebody being like dude like you changed my life or you helped me and like you don't even know like thank you so much for what you do and i'm like oh okay like that's why i do this right like that's why i i keep on doing it even though sometimes i might be tired or i might be frustrated or or what have you yeah i love that it's funny that you say that because like me as i guess investor and collector and like somebody who's in space all the time i completely see that happening all the time but it's like you got to understand if you could play LeBron James' position, you would be the person on the screen or on the court. You wouldn't be the guy telling him what to do, right? Yeah. And if LeBron had to answer every single fan and of saying, hey, cross him over, go to the rim or shoot this ball, then he would never be LeBron James, right? right? Exactly. So it's like you just have to kind of understand that that perfect balance uh, between being you know, the fan and the holder and the collector and obviously letting the founder get the credibility and the freedom they want, uh, which I think a lot of people still have a very hard time uh, right. understanding. Um, between admit one, obviously that I feel like we haven't talked about it too much and, uh, nine DCC, do you see any type of correlation coming? Obviously, as you kind of start ramping up things on, on the other side of uh, the business there or yeah, anything? So, so admit one is like the premier access to the entire nine DCC ecosystem. Right. And also anything that might not necessarily fall within nine DCC, right? Like admit one is just like the tier one asset. So. We basically launched Network Points uh, last week, uh, which I think is going to take some time for people to understand. But I think ultimately what it's meant to do is how do we find our most engaged uh, co uh, community members, right? And then find a way to reward them, right? Because I think when you look at current uh, loyalty rewards programs in the legacy world is one, they're not composable. And two is all they do is identify people that spend the most money. Now, yeah. Spending, finding people that spend a lot of money, that's fine. That's probably easy. We already have systems for that in place. But like, I, I'm really interested in finding that kid that wears Supreme head to toe every day. Yeah. yeah. Because that kid might not necessarily be the person that spends the most money, right? Because maybe I'm like, dude, I'm not going to wait in line, but I will spend, I'll pay somebody $500 for that Supreme shirt because they waited online or whatever. But I'm going to wear that shirt maybe like once a month, once a week, whatever. But like, how do, how do I, as a brand find the kid that's like wearing Supreme on every piece of their body nonstop and then find a way to then incentivize him even more to become an even bigger brand, uh, brand fan and ambassador. Right. And I think that that's one of the things that, that I'm really looking to do and admit one is, is the, the, the highest, the highest point value asset in the ecosystem in terms of like, you know, being able to climb up that leaderboard up and down um, and, and really like working with the gamification around all of that. 
You mentioned Supreme a lot. You ever see yourself collaborating with them? I, I mean, I, I think I, I would. I would definitely consider it. I just, I'm surprised they didn't do anything already, to be perfectly honest. I, I was, I was having, um, I was talking to people that I think said that they were going to make intros to Supreme. And I heard Supreme was kind of like circling the space a little bit, but nothing ever came of it. It was, a, it was maybe at this point over a year ago. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm open to taking a, a lot of calls and, you know, not everything makes sense, right? Because I bet I say no way more than I say yes, because it, it's funny because I think after the Adidas drop, somebody came up to me and they're like, you should do a collab with G-Shock. And like, I smiled. Mm. I'm like, yeah, he's like G-Shock, G-Money. I'm like, that's funny. I'm like, the problem is I wouldn't wear a G-Shock. So it's not very authentic to mm. who I am. So I want to do something with like a Rolex, an AP, a Patek. Uh, not necessarily a G-Shock person, right? So it's like I I try to do things that are very authentic to me, because uh, that's the truth. Because the truth that I live by, and like hopefully other people like it. But if I if I phone it in and do something that's not that I'm not really passionate about, or something that's like oh well you know that it makes sense on the surface, but I'm not really I don't really care about it. I think people like people aren't stupid, right? Like I I think consumers in general like you can you can see through something that's fake and yeah. the results show, right? And so uh, I think that's why there's probably been a lot of legacy brands that have come into the space that have really fallen flat on their face because they weren't necessarily giving it their all, right? They weren't being totally authentic. And so I, I think that shows, and even, I think that shows even more in web three than it does even in web two. Yeah, I could agree more with you. We've seen so many of these brands fail, but we're also seeing some good brands and I guess like Web3 brands that also understand how to collaborate with these brands like Tiffany and Co and Punks. Obviously, we're seeing kind of that Gucci into the, the, the board ape system rollout. So I think, you know, people who kind of understand how to roll out these legacy brands are, are going to win long term, especially when it comes to like luxury collectible items. Yeah, um, makes all the sense uh, to wrap it up. Let me know what are some bullish projects you uh, like about NFTs right now in the NFT world? What are some projects you're bullish on? Man, you mean besides 90cc? Um, <laughs> besides 90cc. Uh, all right, I, I, I'm obviously I, I'm a squiggle maxi. I love squiggles. I'm bullish on punks. Um, I, I, I just bought some Utes when they they bridged over to Polygon. Yeah. Um, I, I'm like I'm liking D gods. I'm looking at D gods and uh, pudgies. You know, I think uh, I, I think from the PFP side of things, I think those are seem like really compelling projects. How about you? What do you what do you, what do you have your eyes on these days? Honestly, those same exact ones. Pudgy, Utes, D gods. Uh, I like Creeps a lot. Creeps Genesis. I like the founders, right. Dom and Joe. Those guys yeah. are absolutely guys incredible. Cool. They're cool guys. Yeah. And um, what else? Honestly, that's about it. Yeah, I would say those like are, you know, the thing is for me, it's like, it's so hard to keep up with so many communities. I feel like you have to have like a mental capacity of like how many NFTs can you actually really like and enjoy and want to participate in, right? right. It's like, if you're as a kid growing up watching Cartoon Network, you can't watch every single show. You, you just it. don't have the capacity to do that. Yeah. So it's like, for me, it's like, I got to kind of pick and choose. I have to mention actually Beans and Azuki in there too, at I, some point. You can't sleep on those boys, but we yeah, besides that. Question for you, with, with all everything that's going on this week, what, what are your thoughts on Nakamigos? Dude, I faded it. I faded it. I faded it. I'm going to continue to fade it just because I missed the whole run, but it's, you know, it's like something you we continue to see. Like last year, it was Goblin Town, right? And it came out of nowhere. And people were like, it's going to go away. It's going to go away. And then Goblin Town ended up having a really nice run. And they threw really nice events. I think Nakamigo is on the same okay, way. Hey, I think, 
But what's Goblin Town down? Like, I feel like I haven't heard anything about Goblin Town in a really long time. I haven't either, but I know there's still a community because I see all my timeline sometimes every now and oh, then. Really? Search it up as we're all together. Let's see. Over or under half an ETH? Uh, it's under 0.43. Oh, that's not bad. See, but that's not bad at all. For a free mint, that's, you know, that's absolutely incredible. So that still shows there's, I mean, that, that's literally a higher floor price than a lot of other projects that are building games, you know, like Pixelmon, for example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, Nakamigos, I think uh, because there's nothing else to cope with, I guess, in the space and people were just kind of like lacking some fun, you know, it, before NFT NYC, it just makes all the sense. And you're starting to see PFPs, you're starting to see community events. I think they're having an event in New York, so. I'm curious to see what happens. All right, cool. I did I did see you list your uh, honorary NFT. Did it sell or not yet? No. Sadly not. Do you think that's a do you think it's going to be a sell? Do you like it? I mean, or listen, no? if I if you got a $20,000 airdrop, what would you do? <laughs> I would sell it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean I my my thought process was whatever I sold it for, I'd put 20% back in the project, so I'd have some exposure, but you know, it's like, uh, it, it's been funny to watch like the takes because at the end of the day, we're all here. Part of what makes Web3 so special is the fact that you have sovereignty over yeah. your own assets, right? You're not like locked on some platform. So for people to be like, oh, you're not allowed to sell. It's like, dude, it's like, am I telling you you can't sell your house? Like, <laughs> like I tell you what yeah. you can or can't sell like in your own personal life? No. So like, it's the same thing in crypto, right? It's like, it's my property. Whether, you know, I and like they airdropped it to me for free. They, I never spoke to them or anything. I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it and I'll reinvest some of it back. And, you know, I, I like the memes. I'm not fading it by any chance. Like I, I hope it goes back up to like a two ETH floor so then I can sell my honorary, right? And like, and then and Farouk gets his face tattooed on somebody's ass, I heard too. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, <laughs> that, that would be incredible. So, but I, I just think um, from a uh, intellectual and philosophical point of view, I just like, I just laugh because it's like people, um, it's like that's the whole point of why we're here, right? Is because we have the freedom to do what we want because it's our property and not where it's like, oh, well, you violate the terms of service. So you confiscate all your assets and whatever. So um, I just think from a philosophical perspective, I I, I don't agree with, with those takes of not selling your honorary. But uh, I do think the community, I mean, it's been fun. I've seen some funny memes. So. Um, and I, it seems like people have rallied around them pretty quickly and fast. Um, so, I mean, listen, I, I hope it, it lasts. It's just, it's really hard to, to figure out like which communities last and which ones don't yeah. like, so early. Right. I think they're like, what, two weeks old at this point, maybe less. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy to hop on a trend when it's hot. It's harder, obviously to stay on the trend when it dies out. So we're, 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 uh, we're here to see what happens, but honestly, I think you selling it even makes more sense for the project. Cause again, you're you're honoring the project by selling something that they gave you for free for a very high amount of money. And then you're actually recognizing the community on Twitter that you have. That's like, Hey, these guys gave me this amount of free money. I sold it. Then I bought more of their product. So it's like, why would you be mad about that? Well, yeah. if anybody's listening, you sweep that Nakamigo honorary floor and, and, <laughs> and buy mine. Literally. <laughs> He's made the offer. Gee, thank you so much for hopping on. Really appreciate it. Talking to you. I'm excited to talk to you in uh, NFT NYC and, uh, We'll see you guys on the next episode. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll see you next week.